We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, everybody? Welcome inside the Guilty as Charged podcast. My name is Steven. I am your host doing a, another Saturday Q&A ahead of the uh, 2022 NFL draft. So uh, be sure to get those questions ready. We will have a uh, topic or a debate of sorts to uh, kick us off in a second about a uh, certain prospect the Chargers could be taking at 17. So uh, we'll get to that in a minute. But Joining me, as always, are my guys Tyler and Alex. Alex, obviously, we see you all decked out in Sixers gear today. How are you feeling ahead of this uh, playoff run for the Fighting Joel Embiid's? Uh, ready to have my heart broken again, uh, getting depressed on the podcast again. It'll be fun. And, uh, of course, they're going to lose game six the night of the NFL draft, so that'll be great. Um, but, no, I'm excited, and I'm excited to watch the Sixers run while the Lakers are sitting at home. Yeah, the Lakers are at home. I, you know, we were talking about, you know, Brain Fajoko's tweets the other day. And last night he tweets out that he thinks that the Lakers had actually managed to make the playoffs, that they would make a run because <laughs> they're, they're a veteran team. And I'm like, they might be a veteran team, Brain, but they're not a good team. Like, it has to be both. You can't just have the old guys and be like, yep, we're going to go on a run. The Pelicans would dust them in five. <laughs> <laughs> that Pelicans game last night was fun, man. It really was. Yeah. Um, Tyler is here as well. Tyler, how are you doing, man? I'm doing very well. So, Alex, you're telling me the Sixers might get eliminated the same night the Chargers drop Trevor Penning. Is that what I'm hearing? Oh, God. It's it's a possibility. <laughs> it's a possibility. 
And then <laughs> if the Eagles mess up the draft too, great. That great trifecta right there. Yeah, not not as fun as Devonta Smith to the Eagles and Rashawn Slater to the Chargers last year. Nope, nope. That could <laughs> be really last year, that. last year was like truly draft euphoria for us. Yeah, it really was. So hopefully the Chargers can uh, replicate some of that. Um, Alex, real quick, man, uh, who's playing in the championship this year in the NBA and who's winning? Oh, um, ooh, I, I see. I'm not prepared for this. I'll say Suns, Suns, Bucks, but the Suns win this year in seven. Yeah, I feel the same way, actually. So I'm not as tapped into the NBA as you are. I don't really watch that many, but uh, yeah, I think it'll be fun. All right, so uh, the debate that we're going to have to kick off the show today on Saturday before we get to your questions is about said Trevor Penning and whether or not the Chargers should take him or are going to take him and really kind of all of our thoughts here at 17. So Tyler did a video yesterday um, kind of using ESPN's analytics and Vegas draft odds and the mock draft database. And so, Tyler, uh, if you could just give us the kind of SparkNotes version of uh, what you found out yesterday using all three of those sources. So, according to ESPN, Trevor Penning is the favorite to be taken at 17. According to Mock Draft Database, Trevor Penning is the favorite to be taken at 17. And according to Vegas Odds, if you'd like to bet on someone to be taken at 17, Trevor Penning is certainly one of those guys. It's lining up to where Trevor Penning, like people have asked me, Who's the betting favorite? It is Trevor Penning, whether you like it or not. Um, yeah. Steven thinks I was talking to him basically that entire video. <laughs> and kind of, yeah, I was talking to myself, talking to the fan base. Whether you, we, any of us like it or not, Trevor Penning is the betting favorite at this point. Whether we want him there or not is a whole different story. But um, yeah, so it seems like no matter where you go, Trevor Penning is the favorite to be taken. I will say, though, like if you look at Mock Draft Database, they compile all the big boards all the mock drafts and all the big boards across the internet have Trevor Penning as like 17, 18th, his highest 16, his ranking is 18th and his projection is 17th. He's like, he's exactly right. Like this scenario would almost seem perfect other than getting a steal in the draft. If for another prospect that you told me that, Hey, everyone likes him right at your pick. He, you know, everybody across the board almost unanimously has him at this spot for the most part. I'd be like, sweet. That sounds great. That means it's a good fit, good pick. But Trevor Penning this year just feels like a different story. And while a lot of the internet and all the analysts seem to really like him at 17, I'm, I don't want to be the team that finds out. Yeah, so I will say there are analysts out there who are skeptical of Trevor Penning. And, you sure. know, obviously no prospect is going to have, you know, everybody in his corner unless they're truly like surefire picks. I mean, there are some analysts out there who don't have Aiden Hutchinson as the top edge rusher or don't have him in the top five and things like that. So, I mean, nobody's going to unanimously agree. And so I certainly think Trevor Penning is a possibility at 17. I'm not ignorant to that fact. He feels a massive need at right tackle. And in terms of the good, right, like he is an elite athlete at the position. He's got great size, great strength, great play strength. And, you know, he, he kind of checks the athletic profile box. It's just that when you really dive into the film and like what happened at the senior bowl, I mean, like on, on first watch of Trevor Penning, like you see this guy against Iowa state, you know, just has incredible torque and is throwing dudes around like nobody's business. And then you just see kind of the individual pass pass blocking reps and, and how he's able to 
you know, give up his inside shoulder and not anchor down properly against Awuzurike uh, from Iowa State. And then it also happens against North Dakota State and, and South Dakota State. Like, so if you take his three best games from last season or three, you know, highest ranked competition, he struggled in pass pro, man. He really did. And I think the run blocking is a little underwhelming. And I think if you look at his PFF run blocking grade, it's like, damn, he's a great run blocker. But He's really not like it's really kind of just OK. And so to me, I think if you're looking at a first round tackle prospect, ideally you're looking at you're you're hoping for somebody with at least really solid, really good film, great athletic traits, checks a lot of boxes. And I just don't really feel like that's the case with Trevor Penning. I, I don't like. Again, if he gets drafted, I will obviously switch gears and, and root for him and hope that he is is successful with the Chargers. But you know, sitting here today, I, I just I can't advocate for taking him at seventeen. Is kind of where I'm at right now. No, I can't either. And I think it's just it's the idea that you're filling that need is good, but you're not filling that need with a player like Rashawn Slater, Panesua last year. Frankly, I don't think you're filling that need with a player like Christian Darasol last year. I'd go as far as Dylan Radunes. Like that's, that's yeah. kind of where Trevor Penning is. Um, I mean, I think he, someone put it best. He said he's, he's a top 10 player in this draft. If you're just looking purely at the physical traits and what he could be at the next level, uh, unfortunately has a lot of day three tape, like um, yeah. when, when he goes up against some of these competitions and that's why the senior bowl was so pivotal for him. Um, and, you know, a lot of these guys who play at, you know, FCS schools uh, and he did not show out against the best competition there uh, either. So, and also the games that Steven mentioned, I, there's a lot of technical issues. There's also just a lot of dumb stuff. We've talked about how undisciplined he is. I retweeted the clip about how he almost got Desmond Ritter killed, um, you know, so there's just a lot of technique issues. And I think you're, the Chargers are also in win now mode, right? They're yeah. trying to get a guy in the first round who can help them this year. And if you're adding a Trevor Penning, you're kind of saying, okay, well, we'll probably get Storm Norton level production from him this year. And we're trying to see year two, year three, where he'll be, right? Because, you know, you want to see him take that leap, maybe towards the end of year one, beginning of year two, like that's when you would kind of expect it. But, I just think that's too much of a risk to take when, you know, you could already install these players, either like a wide receiver like Jamison Williams or the cornerbacks that we talked about last week uh, at 17. You can take someone like Zion Johnson also ready to play right now if you wanted to do that. Um, but I just think the the value of Trevor Penning and betting on him as a project for a team that's in win now mode, uh, that's the part of it that's never made sense to me. So, yeah, I, I get the need. He does check some boxes. But man, whenever he goes up against good competition, it's it's bad tape. Yeah, I agree. So I guess one thing I do want to talk about, because people are mentioning in the chat, and this is not a me or Alex question. This is a Steven question. Trevor Penning is obviously a left tackle. He will be switching to right tackle. Can you at least describe sort of how that process might go? Are his projections better at that point? And then also just another thing I wanted to include. I didn't think he was the greatest mover or really as, as good as his athletic RAS profile. Yeah. But it ended up being really good. And to me, that means that I'm looking at the tape and something happened in between that and when he tested at the combine, in my opinion. And to me, there is working with Duke Manyweather in between that. And so I think he thinks he's a great mover. Like Manyweather thinks Penning can move and he's a great athlete. And he's a good athlete, but I didn't think he was this great athlete. But somewhere yeah. in between the tape and 
the combine, he became a great athlete. So I, I sort of speak on that, but also just this transition from left tackle to right tackle. Is there at least more hope because he's going to be playing right tackle? Yeah, I mean, so the athleticism, first of all, I, I think a lot of his issues when it comes to like moving, it's a lot of taking bad angles. It's a lot of timing issues. And so um, there are times, you know, particularly against Iowa State where, you know, he's being asked to get to the second level and he, he just doesn't look comfortable, doesn't look, you know, confident in his ability to get out there. And that's certainly something that, you know, Duke Manningweather has, I'm sure, been, you know, working on with him and trying to to coach up. And so I, I think when it comes to the position switch, like a lot of people will talk about Panay Sewell here, but Trevor Penny has been training both sides with Duke from the get go. And that is not something Panay ever did. He he only trained at left tackle. He only played left tackle in college and high school. And so I think that is just a little bit of a different situation because Trevor Penning has acknowledged that. And he, he took right tackle snaps at the Senior Bowl. So I think Penning could be a little bit more comfortable than someone like Panay Sewell making that change. But it's still going to take time, right? And you know, Connor Rogers and Trevor Sycamore were, were pointing out that when you go from the FCS to the NFL, you're really jumping two levels of, of the sport. You're not going from the SEC to the NFL. You're going from essentially, you know, FCS football past the SEC, Pac-12, Big 12, Big 10, and everything like that, then to the NFL. So, you know, there's just a lot of question marks in terms of the fit with the Chargers, right? And like Alex is saying, you know, like this could be a Storm Norton kind of level player in 2022. And I'm sure people are going to be like, well, no way, he's so much better. But there's a lot of question marks there that line up in terms of him struggling on top of the, the him being a penalty king. So, um, you know, I, I think he could certainly have a high ceiling as a right tackle. I think he has a high ceiling in general, but I think it's just the floor that really worries me. And I think like Alex said, the Chargers are win now mode right now. And I don't think they can really afford to essentially have storm Norton out there again at right tackle in 2022. Right. And I think the, the floor is the most concerning part. And going back to the senior bowl, I think whenever you just want to see an FCS guy and what they can do at the next level, you kind of want to see a good audition tape, so to speak. And you saw that from Christian Watson, right? A guy like that who I think did really well at the Senior Bowl going up against top-level competition uh, despite the questions previously of, like, who is this guy? And then, you know, here he is out here burning quarterbacks and and doing his thing. Uh, And clearly kind of one of the top five, six receivers probably in this draft now who's going to be taken probably sometime in the second round. Uh, So, yeah, no, I just think you, you look at that kind of thing and you just never really saw that with Trevor Penning. I think people that's what people want Trevor Penning to be, right? Like you kind of want him to be that Rashawn Slater prospect where it's like you just throw him in and he's fine. Um, But that's just not the reality of this draft, unfortunately, and not the reality of who Trevor Penning or Bernard Raymond or any of those guys are. They're just not ready right now. Yeah, just going back to the level of competition. So Trevor Penning really, not that he didn't play bad, he only played bad players. Like he played, it was Enrique as the defensive end. That's a, a good player, I guess, but at least what's like the top level of competition he faced last year? Because I, I can say that Philele had the Ohio State game. I can say that Ryman had the LSU game. I yeah. can't really say Penning had like a a big program game. Iowa State, man. That's it. And it was bad. <laughs> it wasn't that good. <laughs> so 
like i mean you, you face who you face that's not his fault but you would at least like to check that box and like alex said you go to the senior bowl okay do something and, and none of the tackles did but certainly trevor didn't or penning didn't help himself at all and i think at least as early as the day one team drills Philele was the tackle and penning was the guard right yeah yeah they had they had penning taking reps at guard and he just did not look comfortable there at all and I mean, he's six seven. Like he's sure the, the idea yeah. of Trevor Penning switching to guard is just like laughable to me. Like he is a tackle. He doesn't have the kind of pad level and bend that you're looking for to play guard. And mm -hmm. he doesn't need to transition. He's got 36 inch arms. Like I was like, what are we doing here? So I don't know. Like I, I, when you're looking at a small school tackle prospect, like you're you're looking to, for him to check off like all these boxes, like right, like. Played well against his high-end competition. He dominated the, the lower-end competition. He had a really good trip to the Senior Bowl. He showed out at the Combine. And it's like, you know, that was like Dylan Radunes, right? Like Dylan Radunes had great tape mm. against his high-end competition. He had great dominant tape against the lower competition. Had a fantastic Senior Bowl. Uh, I think that was when the Combine was canceled, but he had a good pro day. So, like, he checks all those boxes. And he struggled to, you know, fill in in the NFL this year. Like, he couldn't find a role. The Titans mm -hmm. were trying to play him at guard, right tackle, couldn't really figure it out. It was a hard jump for him. So, you know, Penning doesn't check all those boxes, right? Like the, the checklist of, of a small school tackle is, is all left blank at this point. And so it's like, could he come in right away and succeed? Yeah, sure, it's possible. You know, he's working with Duke Mannyweather and, mm -hmm. you know, the Chargers are a really good situation. But it's just not super clean. Like to me, it kind of feels like Titus Howard, like – not great tape, not great senior ball, but he's really athletic. So we're just going to, you know, push him up the boards. Yeah, I, I think he'll be fine. I really do. I just don't want to be the team that finds out. Yeah. So uh, super first super chat of the day, of course, from L.A. Chargers fan. Good morning, gents. Unfortunately, I think the writing is on the wall for Penning. Unless the top talent drops, I think he will be the pick. And I tend to agree. I really do. Unfortunately, as much as I want Zion Johnson on this team, like I think if Penning is on the board, I think Penning is the choice. Someone brought up earlier, what do you think about just the the personality, the penalties, and him having so many penalties and kind of being a perceived asshole? Do you think that flies? Like some teams will love that. Like I do think yeah, the Raiders might have taken that, you know, with Gruden or I even think the Ra Ravens could take him, but do you think that flies with Staley? I don't really know like i know that he wants to be a trench team and i know that he wants to be more physical but it's not like any of the players he got last year were like perceived assholes <laughs> like i mean you have ode buji cory Lindsay, matt filer and rashawn slater like four of the most calm dudes in the world <laughs> like i don't know so like personality wise that's that is a legitimate question and i wish i could have an answer for you and i think if you look at you know, the Saints history and like the Steelers history, obviously, because of Brendan Nugent and Sean Serrett, the two offensive line coaches, there's not really that guy. Like, I guess Marquise Pouncey kind of was an asshole, but I don't know. That'd be an interesting question to ask uh, him in terms of personality fit. So you have him as, if he was in last year's class, offensive tackle seven? Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm at six, just ahead of Redunes, but yeah yeah so it caused me to me at least you had i think a better flash and a better tape with yeah. i think on par athleticism so yeah he's definitely after him he's after jenkins 
Yeah, so I really like Sam Cosby from the jump. Um, he was somebody that was higher on mm -hmm. than than most people. I think the debate from last year would be Liam Eichenberg versus Penny. Like I think as mm -hmm. OT six seven eight, that's kind of where you're at with with Penny yeah. in last year's class. Yeah, and that's almost a debate of just do we prefer the the floor or the ceiling? And well, Eichenberg went then went to Miami and got destroyed, but that's a Miami thing. <laughs> okay. Actual question. Would you rather take Linderbaum at 17 and slide him to guard or take Penning? He can't <laughs> slide to guard. I know, but would you rather take him and move him to guard or take Penning? Um, this question and like the Jordan Davis versus Trevor Penning question for me is just like they're both. A, it's both a lose lose for me. Would I rather shoot my left foot or shoot my right foot? <laughs> I don't know. Got to pick a foot, man. We mm, all say left. <laughs> I'll say right because I'm left foot dominant, I guess. So I'll take <laughs> I'll take Penning still because he is a tackle. I don't know. Sure, Penning. Yeah, amazing. Uh, Tyreek seems to think that Trevor Penning is a smokescreen. Maybe I don't think there's necessarily been like a ton of buzz around the Chargers right. in him. It's more of like he's just a very common mock draft selection. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. You know, and it's not like the, the Chargers have met with Trevor Penning and went to his pro day. And I mean, they did meet with him at the combine and senior bowl, obviously. But we haven't heard like a, the Chargers really like Trevor Penning kind of thing yet. It's mostly just that he's a very common mock draft selection. He's like to be there and he fills an obviously big need. Yeah. I'm hoping there's a tandem of as Anthony Tran brought up. Uh, Riley Reef, but I think there's a I hope there's a tandem of moves after the draft where it's like okay yeah. we're just not really going to show our hand, but we sort of have a deal in place with Abuji and we know we're going to get Reef after the draft, so we're just kind of kind of enter it pretending like oh shoot we need a tackle, and there's nothing Th that that is what I'm holding on to I'm holding on to hope for Riley <laughs> Reef after the draft. Yeah, you know it would be uh, really cool if they had signed uh, like a Morgan Moses type and not had to be in this situation. Could have had him. What, what did he go for? Five million AAV. I mean, he is from Baltimore or whatever, but Billy Turner really wanted to play in Denver, I guess, but pain. Um, all right. This is a question that I get a lot as somebody who's very high on on Zion Johnson and the possibilities of taking him 17 too early for Zion Johnson. I think historically we've seen that answer be no. Um, in the last 10 drafts, the only time the top guard went less than uh, went off the board at a pick less than 24 was the Forrest Lamp year. And technically he was kind of drafted as a tackle. Mm -hmm. um, but every other year, the top guard goes in the top 25. And we've seen that be as high as five mm -hmm. with Brandon Scherf and six with Quentin Nelson. We've seen 14th a couple of times. So historically, the top guard at 17 is really good value. I think Zion Johnson is a fantastic player. He has a top five grade in the class overall for me. And again, you, you get to kind of the win now stage that the Chargers are in. I'm way more comfortable taking Zion Johnson and plugging him in at right guard or left guard, depending on what happens with Matt Filer. And looking at a very successful rookie player. So I think Zion Johnson is by far the better pick in terms of where the charges are at in, in in their process right like you're trying to get a player and really kind of just you know hit the ground running and i think that is zion johnson 
And also, I think he has that flexibility long term to, you know, potentially be Corey Lindsley's replacement down the road in a few years once that decision comes necessary. So I love Zion Johnson. He's a top five player in the class for me. I think 17 is a great spot for him in terms of his value and where he's kind of projected to go. Maybe is that the start of his draft range? Maybe. But historically speaking, seven the first guard off the board at 17 is is great value. Yeah, I, I'm all for this. I understand that maybe at 20, it could be better. Like in a perfect world, you trade back a little bit into the 20s, you get him. But I mean, I really think he could go earlier. He's just so clean. Yeah. And even I didn't know this, but he went on Good Morning Football and he's got a computer yeah. science degree, cybersecurity degree. He's a guy who was like, oh, I'll try football after golfing. And he's been really good. I mean, the character looks good. This guy's got two degrees. The film looks good. The numbers look good. The testing was good. It's it's I'm not saying it's Rashawn Slater, but it really does feel like a guy who's a top three consensus guy at his position who checks every single box and looks good. Everyone seems to like him, you know, on the field, off the field. He's a guy that I, I really, really think was a good fit for this team. I wish he played right tackle. Yeah, I, I mean, I'd much rather Zion Johnson than Trevor Penning. Like, if that's the discussion and you can just put him put him in one of the guard spots and, you know, play him there. And then, like Steven said, when it's time to move on from Corey Lindsley, you can theoretically put him at center or do stuff like that. Um, but, I, yeah, no, I think that Zion Johnson, I don't think 17 is too early. I mean, if, if the floor is probably the end of the first round, then I don't think taking him slightly earlier is is really a bad thing if you think he's going to be a future cog on your offensive line for years to come. Yeah, you know, in terms of trading back for Zion, I think if you can do that, like, awesome. I'd be so thrilled with, you know, recouping a, another pick and still getting Zion Johnson. But, you know, I think there is legitimate talk among Steelers fans and Patriots fans and Packers fans that all want that also want Zion Johnson. I know a lot of people are connecting a receiver to the Packers at 22, but they also need a guard because Elton Jenkins is going to play right tackle for them. So they got to fill that hole. Patriots traded Shaq Mason to the Buccaneers for basically a bag of chips. So they got to fill that hole. Um, I think the Eagles could stand to take a guard. I don't think that they would. No, but <laughs> I'm just saying like they lost Brandon <laughs> Brooks to retirement. Like they need to fill yeah. that hole. And if you're debating between Zion Johnson and, you know, George Karloftis, for example, like I think you you make that pick at 19. So you run the risk, of course, trading down and losing on Zion. And, and of course, you could pivot to Kenyon Green in that instance. But, you know, obviously, if they could trade down to 20 with the Steelers and still get Zion, man, that would be like absolute best case scenario for me. Yeah, I'm trying to look at that ESPN tool to see the chances that they're at 17. Uh, they don't even have him like uh, an option yeah. on the graph. It's all from twenty on. There's no like seventeen range for him, hmm. um, which is annoying. But whatever. Yeah, I, I think like the lack of Zion buzz is honestly it doesn't make sense to me. <laughs> like it really doesn't, because I think you look at you know all the players that are going in, in similar ranges, right? Like George Karloftis has you know question marks. Trent McDuffie has question marks. You know, Jermaine Johnson kind of ha has question marks. And so Zion Johnson is one of the cleanest players in this draft. And he tested like a freak athlete at guard mm -hmm. and he could play center. Like, you know, to me, he should be getting top 15 hype and he's not. Yes, the consensus 
big boards not that it matters you know it's not an end-all be-all but he's projected to go 24th to the cowboys whether that makes any sense or not, i don't know he's ranked 28th projected to go 24th again you get him at 17 seven picks earlier he's an all pro who gives a shit yeah okay so this is uh of course something that came out yesterday um joe lombardi was at uh drake london's pro day yesterday anything here for you guys uh, I think Joe Lombardi was bored. He wanted to get out of the house, <laughs> get some California sun. You can do that in my Drake London's pro day. Um, no, I, I don't think there's much to this at all. Uh, I don't even think Drake London's the type of receiver they would draft if they would draft a wide receiver at 17, because we've already talked about kind of the redundancy with Mike Williams and the fact that they extended him. If the Chargers mm-hmm. did let Mike Williams walk, like, yeah, I think there would be a legitimate chance they could take Drake London. But um, if they take a wide receiver at 17, it's not going to be him. Was this a Drake London specific showing or a USC pro day? It was just Drake London, yeah, because he okay. Uh, USC's actual pro day was like early in March, I want to say, like right after the combine. Um, but he's was still rehabbing from his uh, ankle injury, so that's mm-hmm. why he his pro day was this week. Gotcha. Well, maybe Lombardi pulled the fire alarm. To me, when it comes to <laughs> meetings, like it does help to connect, you know, some dots. But to me, I always harken back to. The Patriots went to Johnny Menzel's pro day or hosted him or whatever. And I don't think they ever were going to take him. So it's cool. You know, he's a local, like it's USC. Of course, somebody's going to go to that pro day. Sure. Lombardi's there, but he would have had a huge percentage of being taken by the chargers. If Williams was gone because he fits exactly what they've taken, but now he has like the lowest percent chance of being taken because he, they have Mike Williams still. I think. Yeah. 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 You know, I, I think in, in in a case with Mike Williams also on the roster, right? Like it, it's just too redundant. It makes your team too easy to defend if you have two jump ball guys, right? Like that means that you can just essentially stick safeties on the sideline and dare Justin Herbert to throw it down the middle because he just can't. And so I, I think having two jump ball guys just makes them too redundant. I think Drake London has a little more juice after the catch than Mike Williams. Certainly he has a, a better ability to break tackles than Mike Williams, but uh, at least in terms of prospects, right? But um, you know, like taking having two six five receivers is just it's just not the thing anymore. Like this is not trying to have Malcolm Floyd and Vincent Jackson and then trying to replicate that with Philip Rivers because that's what Philip Rivers wanted. But uh, I, I listen. I love Drake London. He's my wide receiver one for a reason. But him and Mike Williams together would just be would just be no. I think you, if you're drafting a receiver at seventeen. You have to get speed at that spot. And that's really the only way. Like if the decision is Drake London or Trevor Penning, like they're gonna they're not gonna take they're not gonna take Drake London, man. Like they if Jameson Williams or Chris Olave are not on the board at 17, they're not taking a receiver, in my opinion. Drake Drake London or Trevor Penning? Ooh, that that's another I think I would when I go Drake London there. I don't know. <laughs> I think I might go Drake London there. <laughs> I get no, it's no, geez. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here's the thing like, I would of the two, I guess Drake London, but to me, I'm trying to like, I would always and generally try to play the draft as get a trenches guy, get your wide receiver later in deep class. Yeah, so especially if it's a wide receiver three, what so... if you really don't like the trenches guy? Though? <laughs> <laughs> I, i'm so torn I, I do have london graded higher i don't yeah i think he's ranked higher too um mm, no i'm not gonna say that <laughs> i don't want to do it pass 
I was uh I was you know going through the Chargers draft history just for an article for LAFB and um do you guys know when the last time the Chargers took back to back offensive linemen in consecutive drafts? No. Was it the Marcus McNeil and something else draft? No, I, I meant in terms of consecutive first rounds. Oh, oh, is McNeil it never? Was, no, it was like the eighties. Oh, what's that? <laughs> it was uh something Fitzpatrick, and I should have written, I should have had this ready, but um, it was two tackles back to back drafts in like eighty five and, and eighty six, and then they both ended up being Hall of Famers for the Chargers. Uh, I think one of them actually like barely played. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> Um, but also Marcus McNeil was the only offensive lineman that AJ Smith drafted in the top 50. That was it. That I, was I, it. I read the article, but I, I guess I didn't retain much. Yeah. I looked at the picks. I didn't really look at the words. Tom Telesco has three. He took, he's taken three in the top 50. So, I mean, he's doing better than AJ Smith. I suppose. Oh, Lamp. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Lamp was 38 well. and then DJ Fluker and Rashawn Slater. Sweet. One of those hit. <laughs> I mean, one for three is a is about what happens in the draft. So, like, that's it's the good issue with the Chargers average. is that it, it is a good batting average for offensive <laughs> linemen. It really is. But the issue is that you're you're doing three across nine seasons as opposed yeah. to like every other year, like smart teams do. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need indeed. All right. So uh, J Blue had a super chat question here. Who would be a surprise pick that you guys can see happening? As always, thanks for the content. Thank you, J Blue. So I don't know if he's specifically saying in the first round, but Alex, anybody, uh, let's do first or third round pick that you would be surprised by. Um. Well, in the vein of Drake London, I would say non, non Olave or non Jameson receiver. Yeah, if, Sky Moore. Well, yeah, Sky Moore. Or if they would take like a even in the first round, if they were to take like a Garrett Wilson or Traylon Burks, like I would be very surprised by that kind of pick too. Um, that would kind of come out of nowhere. But Christian Watson. Just, well, Christian Watson, I kind of wouldn't be surprised by because they sort of. Did they? There was some rumor from that Schultz report that they were interested in him and um, Olave back then. Um, and I, 
because Watson's is not really like a jump ball kind of guy either. No, so not. like I, he's yeah, awful at contested catches. Yeah, <laughs> right. That's that's on. So I think they view him more as a speed guy anyway. So I wouldn't be as surprised with him as I would be with like a Burks or a Garrett Wilson. Um, so yeah, I would say mm-hmm. like non non speed based receiver would kind of surprise me in general. It's hard to say surprise because I could make a case for a lot of these guys, but okay, like a one I don't expect there, but it would kind of be in the realm of a first-round pick is Arnold Ebikiti. I do think they do need an edge three. I think Ojabo being hurt might make a difference. Walker's definitely going to be gone. Ojabo might not really be on their board at this point. I think they do need an edge three, and honestly, Ebikiti or Penning, I actually might take Ebikiti because I do think that you do need an edge three, and I kind of trust his projection a little bit more. Man, that's an that's an interesting one too. <laughs> I have those two graded like right in the same range. So depends I who think... you can get later. Huh? It's all about the round three. It's all about the round three pick. Like I think you can get Ebikiti and Mitchell or Dish or Lucas or something. Hopefully, I don't know about as much the third round for the Chargers for edge rushers. Yeah, I think in terms of a surprise pick that I could see happening, like. I could see Brandon Staley really wanting one of these safeties, you know, mm-hmm. Daxton Hill, Lewis Seen kind of player, and, you know, going to bat for him at 17 and just kind of, you know, having that kind of flexibility. And of course, you know, we've we talked about the Nasir Adderley contract situation. Um, Daxton Hill has really kind of grown on me. Um, you know, I've kind of flip flopped him and Jaquan Brisker back and forth over the last couple of weeks. Um, and like Daxton Hill, like I said, I think he has the best coverage profile of any of these safeties. And so I could see a world where Brandon Staley is like, I want this guy on my team and, you know, we'll kind of figure out the rest later. He's not getting a ton of first round or top 17 buzz or anything like that. So I think that would, of course, qualify. Yes. Ah, darn. I had this somewhere where he was going to be projected to go. ESPN got the predictor. But yeah, it was not exactly a first round. Or not the 17. Dax, 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 Dax. So I'm sorry. So you were flip-flopping between Dax and Brisker or Dax yeah. and Cena? Oh, Dax and Brisker. I think Cena has kind of moved down the board a little bit for me. Yeah, I, I could definitely see that. You know, I think those three, I love all three of those players. Like, me too. <laughs> they're so good, but I love the safety class, so. I don't know. Who do you it's think be... Daly be more likely interested in then? Because Cena, Cena, you have like a not Cena, sorry, you seen you have a deep safety, you know, an Adderley replacement perhaps, but not this yeah. year. Hill can do everything. Brisker, but he's more like a you know slot box sort of guy. Yeah, Brisker, I think it. Hill, I think it would be things. Hill or Cena. Yeah, because I think you could do more things with those two players than Brisker, mm-hmm. who ideally is a box player slot big slot kind of player but hill can play deep he can play in the slot he can play in the box mm-hmm. he can play outside corner you know so hill really does seem kind of like the perfect staley defensive back that he could you know have in this defense move him all over the field play several different roles so i think hill would really be the most appealing to staley mm-hmm but he loves Georgia, so I don't know. Maybe he really likes Lewis Seen. <laughs> True. So he is the Dax Hill has the one, two, three, four, five, sixth best chance of being available at 17 of all of his 
picks, I guess. But his range is ridiculous. It's, it's 12 yeah. to 62. So <laughs> 12 to 62. Yeah, his range of being available is from 12 to about 62 or so. Yeah, 61, 62. Uh, and that's at like 5% at 62. Someone like Drake London. Yeah. It stops at 19. Um, <laughs> that's a wild range. But that's safety, man. I think like Trayvon yeah. Merrick to me should have been a first round pick last year. And then I think he ended up being like 38 or 9, right? And then yeah. the next safety after that was crazy. So. I think the NFL is slowly catching up when it comes to the value of safety, but still it's like, you know, it's so hard to be a first round safety these days. I just would um, not be the biggest shout out to Cl- Clinton Sims. It was uh, Jim Lachey, Lachey, uh, or however you say it, and uh, James James Fitzpatrick. Oh, the tackles. The, 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 the two lineman. tackles that the Chargers took, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, gotcha. Cool. Good trivia. We'll use that during... Trivia day. <laughs> yeah, maybe uh, maybe next time we do trivia day, I'll be better than last time. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I got to be Arjun this time. I had him last time, but he cheated. So uh, <laughs> uh, from Frank Blakely, what position group not offensive line has the biggest drop off if any of our starters get hurt? Uh, to me, it's it's edge. It's I mean, uh, what is the drop off for linebacker? Like, it's not good, but was it good to begin with? Uh, it, to me, it's edge running back yeah i was gonna say running back even then like i feel like running back you can create with your line edge is just like you're not good you're not good and we're back i don't know can you really create for larry roundtree like we're gonna try with trevor penning this year (laughs) (laughs) yeah i think edge is the edge would be my answer i think you could make an argument for corner right now because you're still in Tavon campbell Kimon hall range but uh, Going from Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa to Chris Rumpf is yeah. about as big of a drop-off as humanly possible for a position. Yeah, I'd say imagine running back. Good question, though. I like that question. I'm really confused why FAKC is always in our YouTube chats. Go watch a Chiefs channel, man. <laughs> you have two first-round picks this year, man. You have, like Go do all that stuff. It's not like yeah. the Rams. You just can do whatever. Um, Bugala Lump, Buga Lump. I don't know how you wanted to say that. He wants to know if we have any thoughts about uh, Jamal Davis, the edge rusher that the Chargers signed to a futures deal from the CFL. I think it was. Yeah. Uh, training camp body. I mean, that kind of seems like what he is. Yeah, I feel like the description, unfortunately, is how I feel about him. Is like guy signed from this league who has no tape. Like I don't know. I'm like that's how I feel about him. He's a guy that. Could work in a training camp. Um, I guess I'd have to watch film. At least Donald Parham, like when you send these XFL guys, like Donald Parham, you get you can watch him as this you know six nine freak on the field. Norton, I didn't watch. At least there's something there. I, I don't have anything about Davis, honestly. Yeah. Oh man, this is a this is a tough question. I don't know how I'm going to answer this one. Todd Miller, if all three are on the board, who do you pick at 17 in the order? Derek Stingley Jr., Jamison Williams, Zion Johnson. Someone else has to go first here. Okay, I'll go I first. I don't know how. Uh, yeah, go ahead, Alex. Jamison Stingley, then Zion. Um, only because I'm. Uh... Okay, can we assume that at least Stingley and Jamison can both play Week One, or like are going to be fine? 
Sure. There's, there's no hidden medical that's about to come out, is what I'm saying. I think both of them are on pace to play week one, yeah. for what it's worth. Yeah, I think let's just say, they like, they, they medically will check a, out. Yeah, I don't medically think they should be checked out. I think it's more of if a team just wants to be careful with them at this point. I don't know if they're going to be fine long term, but week one, they'll be on the field. <laughs> that's all I need. That's all no, I okay. need. Um, <laughs> man. I believe in the ability to find receivers later. Stingley, Zion, Jameson. Wow. Okay. For the Chargers and for this class, oh god, here we go. I'm saying Jameson one. <laughs> Ooh, okay. Zion two, Stingley okay. three. So I'm the opposite okay. of Tyler. I believe in the ability to find a corner later in this class, and I think you could find a guard later. I think Jameson would truly be the receiver that could most transform this offense, and just that ability to be a Deshaun Jackson kind of player who can take it to the house on any instance. So I think that value for Jameson Williams is just so much higher, especially with Justin Herbert at quarterback. So I think Jameson would be one. I have Zion graded higher than Derek Stingley. So, and like I said, I really like this cornerback class later. So I would have Jameson one, Zion two, Stingley three. Man, what a question. So Zion's our one, Stingley's our one or two. Jameson is our like three to four. Five. Oh, he would be three right away. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know. Like I like I said, I, I think that Jamison Speed just can take this offense to the next level. And I mean, if Justin Herbert's thrown for five thousand yards, his third receiver could have a thousand yard season like pretty easily. If it's not Jalen Guyton, of course. <laughs> hey. No shade. Jalen Guyton's a really good, he's a, a solid wide receiver, three or four. But I think with Jamison, it just gives you that long term flexibility. I mean, in the future, right? Like two or three years down the road, if Mike Williams and Jamison Williams are on this team, Keenan Allen is not on this team, as, as tough as that would be. I mean, Justin Herbert's never throwing it 10 yards or shorter, right? It's all deep balls to Mike Williams and Jamison Williams. That'd be so much fun to watch. Yeah. I, I, I just thinking through this question, I, take the upside of Jamison more than Stingley anyway. And then I think medically, I mean, you're, you're kind of just taking a bet here, but I trust his health a little bit more than Stingley's. Yeah. an ACL is definitely different than a Liz Frank injury. Yeah. But I love Zion, man. I really do. I love him more than you do. <laughs> I mean, he's the top five player for both of us. So, <laughs> do i have him top five do i have him there i, I must know. he's got to be close he will probably get moved down because of position value but like where's i mean i had elijah Vera tucker at top in top five too so i think man did i one two three four five i have johnson johnson ninth so there okay i think he's fifth right now for me yeah pretty good ahead of gardner so Stingley, your number three overall player in your draft. Yeah, but he'll be lower because of because uh, yeah. Of injury. Okay, Jameson seventeenth. But I get it for the Chargers. It's not like yeah. Okay, Edwin Martinez, uh, Jordan Davis, Trevor Penning, George Karloftis. 
Same question. Okay. Well, the, okay. If I'm thinking for myself, uh, I'll Harlaftus Davis then Penning. Yeah, I think so. For yeah. myself, for the Chargers, it will probably be Penning, then Davis and Karloftis in their rankings because I don't think Karloftis will particularly fit. Actually, Karloftis might be second. Point is, Jerry Tillery is on the field and he's starting. So, like, Jordan Davis is not coming to the Chargers, I don't think. Or you're paying Austin Johnson $7 million to be a backup. Yeah. I mean, like I I said in my uh, article for LFB, like I can understand the thought process of taking Jordan Davis because it just is like, you know, sure. taking a grenade to your defensive line and then making it like as good as possible. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's, you know, the equivalent of taking Rashawn Slater, Corey Lindsay, and Matt Filer kind of thing. Yeah. But I think for me, it would be Karloftis, Davis, Penning, Mm-hmm. But I think for the Chargers, it would be Penning, Karloftis, Davis. Yeah, I agree. Probably. Chiefs fan thinks the Chiefs are going to trade ahead of the Chargers. I mean, you can trade with the Chargers if you want. <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to go that far. I'm not going that far down. <laughs> Uh, Joe Alexander reminded us of a super chat we missed. Would you guys oh. be willing to trade multiple picks, not this year's first, to get Laramie Tunsil to free up our pick at 17? Um, so, wait, so, okay. What's his contract? <laughs> first question. Yeah, answer that question first, because I know he restructured recently, but I don't know, because that contract that the Dolphins gave him was crazy. Mm-hmm. So... Obviously, there's okay. Well, this year he cap hit of seventeen million dollars. Next year, thirty-five million dollars. Oh, oh god! <laughs> so the Chargers can't do that at all. No. I think they have nope, like twenty-four nope, nope, million nope. dollars in cap space right now for next year. So I heard, yeah, the, that, the, that Khalil Mack restructure didn't help either. No, I heard the three come out of Tyler's mouth in thirty-five, and I was like, okay, nope, a little bit out of our price range. Yeah. Um. I think if you're asking me to trade for a tackle at this point, it would have to be somebody on an expiring contract. Probably. Yeah, I mean, what what I guess is the value for Laramie Tunsil at this point if you're asking a team to eat a $35 billion cap hit next year? I mean, like, because <laughs> I, I don't think it would be a first-round pick. No, still. definitely not. Definitely so not. And he was injured for like, right. I think he played four games last year, five. Yeah. So like, I mean, I think the potential still high, but like you're probably like two mid-round picks. Like, is that I mean, in theory, you get him. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. And then you extend him next year. So right. it's obviously not a $35 million cap hit. Where's Arjun? Where's Arjun? Yeah, where <laughs> 
<laughs> I think you're probably looking at you could do like you know a six round pick this year and like a third round pick next year or like a second round pick next year. So you do like the you're, opposite of the Cleo Mac yeah. trade. And then but, also like it, it's tough to too because you're putting him he I mean he's a left tackle and you're putting him right, right? So yeah. like I, I don't really like that part of it either. Thirty five million dollars. Yeah, I don't I don't know. Like I mean there's talk of the Texans taking Evan Neal or Ikemi Kwanu and like potentially moving Tunsil to right tackle or you know starting one of the rookies at right tackle. So I don't know, but uh the answer for this question is no. Uh Jarrett Holyby wanted to know if we have shared our big boards yet. Uh, we have not yet, but we will be doing uh, an episode on that next week. We'll each be giving our uh, top 50 players in the class. So um, hmm. stay tuned for that one. And I'm also wrapping up the composite big board. It's a lot of work. I have them ranked by like a composite score, 1 to 223. I have them ranked by like each position, obviously, on the big board as a wide receiver 1, wide receiver 10, whatever. I have them. I have the entire draft network board manually entered, one at a time, based on their rankings. One, two, three, all the way through wow. to do a difference between the composite big board and the draft network big board, so you can get a sense of who is more underrated or overrated. So that'll be out, color coded, ready to go, uh, pretty soon too. There we go. I didn't know you were working on that, so that's gonna be fun. I think Neil Farrell is gonna be uh, very different on our boards versus their board. Well, Neil Farrell stood me up yesterday, so he couldn't. He could fall. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, that's man. a shame. That happened yeah. to me last year with a player I really liked too, and I was like, "Well, this sucks." Yeah, nature of the beast. Unfortunately, it happens. This is why Rashad White is the best running back in the class because he showed up. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I did bump Rashad White up a few spots just for you after I went and watched uh, Donovan West earlier this week. Oh, so. Yeah. Uh, he's up to uh, seven on my running back rankings board after not making my top ten initially. So there you go. I'll bump up Rashad White when you bump up Jerome Ford, buddy. I have bumped up Jerome Ford. Well, you did. It's oh. available on the big board. What is it? Uh, what do you go from fourteen? Second to, to last? No, I'm kidding. Uh, no, he's. <laughs> I think he is in the top ten now. I moved him. Oh, on my big, okay. I moved him on my big board, not on the position, like the rankings. So oh, I don't know exactly yeah. where he fits, but I believe he's top ten. That's I just, good. but I don't feel good about it yeah the running back i don't feel good about and feel worse about after today is pierre strong after seeing that he got <laughs> he essentially racked up nearly three thousand yards in his college career of perfectly blocked running plays so i just have like no idea what that guy is when something is going wrong <laughs> yeah he was not... from uh south dakota state right yeah yeah oh. i mean his his film is like literally like this huge hole just, opens up and he just hits it and he runs and like he's fast. I know that, but uh man, like nearly three thousand yards in his career of perfectly blocked plays is just kind of crazy. Yeah. How many yards does he have overall? I don't know. I think well, like I gotta check. Hold on. Yeah, I was gonna say it's like eighty uh, percent of his yards are freaking <laughs> perfectly blocked plays. Okay, so oh come on. Someone just talk. It's all rushing, right? Yeah, it's rushing. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, 4,500. So, about two-thirds. 
So two thirds of his yards were perfectly blocked for run plays. Cool. <laughs> awesome. <Jeez. laughs> um, Blue wants to know about our plans for the draft. So uh, Tyler and I will be there along with Arjun. So uh, the three of us are not going to be doing anything live or immediate. We'll be recording in the Blue Wire studio after the fact, but Alex is going to work on a plan to do some kind of live stream or live reaction. So uh, we haven't necessarily completely nailed down our plans, but uh, yeah, Alex will be the one kind of in charge of handling all the live stuff this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think his plan was to have rotating guests and guys come on or gals come on, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, Steven, Arjun and I will be there at the draft and I, I'm so hoping we're not on camera at 17. I, <laughs> I, I hope you're on camera at 17. We need no. more content. Please. We need more content. Or, or if, well, it's like, if it's like Devin Lloyd, I want to be on camera. Because then Steven will be on camera. <laughs> no, I, I, need, I need Tyler's face the minute they take Trevor Penning. Just close-up, zoomed. Yeah, there's this camera in my face. Just like... I mean, I was planning on just like recording ourselves like with my iPhone. but <laughs> Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll post our instant reaction. Uh, <laughs> we'll see. We'll see how this goes. Who knows? Um, all right, we'll get back to the Q and a here. Steven, uh, or Stefan, you know, depending on how you uh, pronounce that, uh, Jalard, how many years do you predict Slayer Keenan Allen will play with the Chargers? So, uh, he's got three years left on his deal. Of course, the Chargers can get out of it after next season with a reasonable dead cap hit. So, Tyler, what do you think? How many more years left of Keenan Allen do you think we have? Uh, three more years. I think, well, I think he'll at least finish out his contract. What happens after that, you'll kind of have to let me know then. I do think he's going to finish out his contract. I think you're guaranteed two more years. We'll see about the third, but I think they, I think all three. Yeah, uh, I think he plays all three years. Um, as far as the long term, like it's just evaluated when we're there at that point, or at least the last year uh, that contract in 2024, kind of see where we are. Um, but no, I, I, I think that his game will age pretty well. I, I don't think he's going right. to just hit a steep decline. If he does get injured, that could complicate things. But no, I, th- I think he definitely finishes out that contract at least. Yeah, I think like if you're forecasting ahead, right? Like I think Keenan Allen's game will age much better than Mike Williams game will. Right. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. You know, obviously Mike Williams really very reliant on his athleticism, his size, and that doesn't necessarily translate to long-term production. I mean, we're already seeing a guy like Deandre Hopkins kind of decline and he's not to say that Mike Williams and him are similar players, but Hopkins, of course, very reliant on his size, athleticism, not necessarily a true route running type like Keenan Allen. So, I think Keenan Allen's ability to translate, I, I think he really could be a Larry Fitzgerald type play until he's 34, 35 at a high level and then kind of figure out where you're at at that point. Uh, so I, I think he does play out this current contract. And I think if he really wants to keep playing with Justin Herbert, then he'll you know kind of take smaller contracts from here on out and do the one-year deal thing. And so I, I think there's a realistic chance that he plays with Justin Herbert, retires a charger, and I don't mm-hmm. buy the the trade talk that a certain TV show on NFL network tried to drum up is, is anything legitimate, but um, I think we get at least three potentially more out of Keenan Allen. More likely to get their next contract with the chargers, Mike Williams or Keenan Allen. I think Keenan Allen to get another 
So they both expire same year. Same year. Right? Yeah. yeah. How old is how old is Mike Williams when that expires? Mm, he would be so, 28 or 9, I think. So Keenan Allen would be 32. No, I think Mike Williams would be older. He'd be and, 30. Uh, Mike Williams will be 30 when it expires. Well, he'll be 30 in that final year. Yeah, and then 31, I guess, when it expires, right? They're that close in age? Is it only yeah, two years no. apart? They're, they're actually, yeah, they're actually not. I, I, that's what I was thinking, because I remember I looked this up before, and I was surprised just how close they were um, in age. Was well, Mike Williams a five-year player at Clemson? Mm, I don't remember off the top of my head. But I think he was at least four. Um, wow. Yeah. I guess I never made that uh, connection that they were that close in age. I mean, yeah, guess Mike so, Williams has been in the league for five years now. That's true. Uh, I'll say Keenan probably more likely between the two just because I think at 30, potentially injuries and stuff, Williams might not age as well. But mm-hmm. oh, There was a Mike Williams style I wanted to bring up. Oh, yeah. Guess how many contested catches uh, Mike Williams had at Clemson? At Clemson? Mm-hmm. Like total? Mm-hmm. 33. One. One? Wow. <laughs> That's what Pi- Pro Football Focus has him at. One. Hmm. Interesting. In I 2013. Mean, <laughs> a <little> bit. <laughs> wow. That's it doesn't make sense to me, but. Wow. Clemson's offense is atrocious, though. They, they run like three routes for their receivers, and it's just awful. Them in Georgia. <laughs> Translated really well for Mike Williams to the NFL. Yeah. All right. Next super chat from uh, Casey. Thoughts on trading next year's first or second for additional picks this year? Mm, no. I mean, I the only situation where you trade next year's first is if you're trading up really high in the first round, like if you're trading yeah. into the top 10. Um, so I don't think they're going to do that. Could you trade next year's second? I mean, in theory, you could, but um, that that would be sort of like a Kenneth Murray like trade into the back half of the first round kind of trade. Um, so if they wanted to do that, they could. I don't think they will though. Yeah, I would love to trade for a player, not a pick this right. year. Yeah. I mean, especially with all the, the contracts that they have, like they they are going to need rookie contracts next year. Tyler's really conflicted now. I don't want to do it because you look at like the the comp pick video, and it's you know you trade for players, let them expire, get your third round pick back in a year or fourth round, whatever. Try to get those comp picks. Trading a second, I mean, trading next year's first is just worth what is that worth? A second round this year, right? Is that how it works? It's always one round, sort of less, like a third round next year is a fourth round this year. Yeah, so. The draft isn't like that that good. It, it's deep, but I, I wouldn't want to trade for additional picks. No, I definitely want more picks this year, preferably top 100 picks. But you know what really is like the difference between trading a second next year for a second this year? Like, you know what I mean? I, I don't know. Uh, another super chat from Joe Alexander. Should we grab a player that helps negotiate, helps negate, excuse me, divisional opponents or someone to fill our holes? Uh, that should be without a W. 
and make us more balanced. And that's not how you spell balanced. Uh, Steven just had a stroke on the stream. Sorry. Oh I'm, 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 I'm really into grammar, I guess, and spelling. I'm surprised Sorry, you didn't have a stroke at Lately Tunsil. <laughs> oh, I didn't even notice that one, man. <laughs> Surprise, you're off your game. I was. I was. Yeah, that could be, you know, a, a talk to text issue. Like Laramie's not exactly, a, but like, you know, but yes, yes. The, some of these. Oh, what do you think, Steven? What do you think of this question? What do you think about I mean, filling holes? I think, I think filling a hole and, you know, uh, <laughs> getting divisional <laughs> opponent. I can't, I can't even think right now. But I think this is the, I think these are the same things, right? Because I think if you are trying to negate a divisional opponent, like you need a right tackle, you do, because all of the other teams have really good edge rushers. I think if you're asking me, would I rather take like Jameson Williams so or Chris Olave so the Chiefs don't get him? I think that's a more interesting question. But uh, I think these are the same things. Like I think if you fill a hole, it also allows you to beat your divisional opponents better, I guess. Okay, so let's say... That's tough because the Chiefs don't have Tyree Kill anymore. So I was like, who are we stopping? Yeah, um, which is so great. I still can't believe they did that trade. <laughs> right. I guess it's more like, do you get right tackle or do you go get a corner to stop the Chiefs from passing? I guess. Okay. Which is not, which is not really a hole on the Chargers roster. But to beat the Chiefs, you got to do that. To beat the Bills, you got to do. Um, I, th I think it lines up. I think you. I think right tackle is both the need and the way to negate divisional opponents. Because Storm Norton ain't doing it. Storm Norton ain't neg negating anything. Max Crosby got a sweet deal. Yeah, I think uh, like we Storm played some decent ball against other teams, but you know we saw what he did against Randy Gregory too. Wait, no, Randy Gregory was out that game. Never mind. Um, you know, but Max Crosby, Chandler Jones just could not be a worse matchup for a player. Uh, Arjun says Fieller or Peening to play tackle oh opposite <laughs> Rashawn to, to, to play take opposite Rashawn Slater. Arjun, I uh, <laughs> I can't. I, I know that you're trolling, but uh, don't let Stephen kick you off the draft trip, Arjun. Jay. I know. Yeah. How dare you mess up on spelling? <laughs> Oops, sorry. Um, Arjun, I uh, hope you had a. Did you have a game today? If you did, I hope it went well. Did you throw for 500 yards? And yeah, and... get timeout. We <laughs> We have to play football when we're in Vegas because I gotta see with Arjun throw and like not to four year old kids. You can't like beat <laughs> to four year old kids. Like, damn, or like, damn, or like a bunch of you know Michigan nerds. He's doing college intramurals, man. He's not playing like high school seven on seven. Oh, it's like a league he's in. I think so. I think it's I a college no, intramural thing. I thought there's everyone no, just put down their calculators and went outside. But there's there's no film of this league though. Like I need to if you're gonna if we watched all this tape on these college prospects, I need to watch the tape to see where Arjun is, you know. I don't know who he's going against. Man, I'm struggling watching college film, little Can alone. You it? Yeah. <laughs> seven and seven of Michigan intramurals. <laughs> Ty scoring. Oh, they Arjun had a championship game earlier today, and they won forty nine to thirty five. That a boy? Wow. How many times? Yeah, you guys did called you the Chargers. <laughs> oh, Joe was playing FIFA, so that's that's a good excuse. Tell me your season based interception percentage and your average depth of target, or otherwise, get the fuck out of here. Stephen, would you rather draft Raymond at seventeen or have another year with your worst student? 
<laughs> From Bolt Brett. This is not my question. Even I wouldn't ask that. Um, so my school has a lot of special cases, so I would rather uh, do the Raymond thing. <laughs> I would rather work with any of my students because I love them all. I hate um, children. <laughs> Wait, what do you want to do after your med school, Alex? Be a doctor, not a pediatrician. That's what I was going to ask. Like, <laughs> <No. laughs> if I were ever to be a doctor, I would want to be the guy that just has to read the X-rays and like that's all he does, and it <laughs> makes a great freaking amount of money. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, Radiologist, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. You guys, you hate, do you hate kids, Alex? Yeah, I hate you're kids. only child, aren't you? No, I am. I am. Um, and, and then I'll hear people be like, you know, that talk about wanting kids one day. And like anytime, anytime I'm in a store or I'm somewhere and I hear a kid crying, I I get close to losing my shit. Like, it's really <laughs> I, I hate children. They're bad. Yeah. Do you get mad at people for having like a crying baby on an airplane? Yes. <laughs> oh, I, get en- I get enraged when I hear a crying baby on an airplane and I just I just suppress it all in my brain and eventually it'll be a tumor one day but I don't know um, <laughs> a really unfortunate typo by Christian Castillo there <laughs> wait what was the typo? how are you med school, how are you med school and pooping no, these videos no I do poop these videos out actually <laughs> at 5 or 6 a.m. in the morning right after I poop after I have my coffee that's when I make these videos <laughs> Oh my gosh, that was too funny. <laughs> okay, Star Wars question. Would you rather draft Raymond or kill younglings? Oh my gosh, I don't know. Oh, this kill is an younglings. Anakin I question. Hate, I hate children. <laughs> Alex is like, this is perfect. <laughs> See, people don't realize that Anakin was right in the prequels. The prequels, like, younglings should have been Jesus. Mr. Skywalker, <laughs> what are we going to do? <laughs> oh my gosh. That's so bad. I don't hate children for what it's worth. That's well, you work with them. You can't say you hate them. No, but I work with teenagers and oh. sometimes adults, depending on you know. I mean, teenagers are arguably be. also potentially worse than children, depending on which ones you get. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> middle school is the absolute worst. As someone who used to work <laughs> in middle school, so ooh. No, yeah. I like working with high school kids. It's. That's the age that if you want to teach, I think high school is the way to go. That's where I'm headed. From Anthony Tran, if Neil, Aquano, and Cross are off the board, do the Saints go with Penning or wide receiver with their first pick? If Penning, what position will Chargers take? So Penning's uh, gone. Please, for the love of God, take Trevor Penning. <laughs> uh, I think if the Saints take Penning, then I think the Chargers pivot to uh, probably a corner is is my guess or a receiver. I I don't know. The Saints are just so weird because I don't know what what they are or like what they think they're going in the draft. Because you heard that trade up and like their reasoning for it was like they see themselves as a win now team, um, and and you know they think they could be that with Jameis and Dalton um, and a kind of degraded roster compared to what it once was. Um, yeah. Uh, I see, but they're the kind of team that I, I think if in reality they think they are what they are, which is like really a 500 team that's playing for the future, then like you could kind of go with Penning and justify it if you're viewing him as a long term prospect as opposed to being in win now mode. If they view themselves as win now mode, then you probably yeah. have to take a corner or receiver. 
I think the Saints are a sneaky Devin Lloyd spot, honestly. Yeah, that's a possibility too. Because I think Demario Davis is about at the age where he's probably going to start declining soon. I think his contract is cuttable after this season. So that's not necessarily like a win now mode, but move because um, depending how they feel about Pete Warner and who's next to Devin Lloyd or next to uh, Demario Davis, excuse me. Um, but I, I think with that first pick that they have, if they stay there, then it's probably a receiver or a penny. I guess then, the good news is if they take Penning, he'll probably turn out pretty good. I feel like the Saints have a good enough track record where they can oh, make he, that work. If he goes to the Saints, that's like best case scenario for Penning, man. It really yeah, is. That, that's OA uh, Ravens last year for sure. Yeah. I, I still think it's wide receiver, though. You think Saints go wide receiver at 16? So they're, they're, are they 16 and 18? Yeah. Because the Eagles are 15. Yeah. I guess it, it, it depends who's the receiver. I, I still think receiver, though. I think knowing that the Chargers could get the better receiver, I think they'd go receiver. Make the Chargers pass on Penning. So, yes, Ryan, Saints the Saints don't taken, have a left tackle. Very Saints good. probably <laughs> taking Chris Olave. Hey, yeah. So they have they have Thomas. They tendered that's it that's their that is their receiving room man it is michael thomas and a bunch of nobodies i i think olave is definitely going into that 15 to 20 range regard whether it's the eagles or the saints or somebody else that's kind of what it sounds like so the eagles they probably taking a receiver at 15 or 19 hmm because it's, I, I mean, everybody thinks they're taking a receiver at one of those picks. Yeah, I think they'll take receiver, and then I'll think I think they'll take receiver at fifteen, and then defense on the defense on the nineteenth pick. That tends to be what I hear, but I don't know. Man, Neil Farrell just retweeted my tweet about saying nice things about him, but he won't, <laughs> respond, to my, but he won't respond to my DM about going on this interview. I mean, at least he's straight up about what he wants. <laughs> All right, <laughs> jeez. Uh, oh man, uh, supercharger says Eagles probably going either London or Burks. There are some uh, not so great things coming out about Burks lately, so I think London could be a fit there. Yeah, London's probably more of a fit. Um, I don't know, I, I don't think they have a specific receiver archetype they like. I think they'll just kind of go BPA or which one they like the most out of that group. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Burks thing, I you can kind of make the speculation or project based on the testing, but Brett Coleman was ranking his wide receivers and he was talking about there being some buzz about Burks not being in shape. That's why he didn't test very well. Again, you can project from that and say, Oh, you know, laziness or focus or, or whatever. Um, would definitely like to hear more about that yeah. because Brett Coleman doesn't strike me as a guy who's like, Oh, here's what I heard. And here's the buzz. Like he's pretty straightforward in my opinion. So if that's what he's kind of hearing, uh, if that's sort of some buzz, then that would take Burks away from wide receiver one for me. If there's some sort of question of his his ethic and him just showing up out of shape for the combine, that would knock him down for me because that, that doesn't fly with me. Yeah, I think Burks is... It's a really interesting case, right? Because like, if he showed up to the combine out of shape, I don't really know. It didn't look like it. Um, at least sure. in terms of 
his physical appearance, but you know, he's a guy who relies on athleticism to win. Mm-hmm. And then he didn't test like a great athlete. Granted, I think the speed thing is relative, right? Like he still ran a four or five and he weighs right. 34 more pounds than Chris Olave is actually like 45 more pounds than Chris Olave is. Mm-hmm. So I think it's relative, right? Like, sure. I mean, when you're 230 pounds, like it's, it's so hard to run, you know, that fast. And so four five, five for him is not a bad time. Mm-hmm. I think people were just kind of expecting better. Right. Yeah. I, it didn't really even bug me. It didn't even move him yeah. around my board at all. But if, if it comes out that he, like if he was faster on the field because he was more in shape and then he showed up and tested worse than he, he showed on the field because he was out of shape, that's a problem. But I'm not going to say that any of this is true. And just that's yeah, it's all speculation. To be some speculation and buzz. But because it came from Brett Coleman, who I, I do think is, is is pretty even keeled on all of this, it's something to keep an eye on. Yeah, as somebody who is not super high on Traylon Burks, my issues were never like, yeah, it's never related to the combine. Like, I right? Yeah, like like I said, I feel like he tested fine. He didn't test like great. I was expecting better. Mm-hmm. But when you weigh as much as he does and as you're as tall as he does, I wasn't expecting, you know, a four, three kind of speed. Yeah. Sure. So my issues are more about the game tape and the route running and separation as opposed to him testing poorly at the combine. I also just think these draft, the draft process has these nat- natural oscillations where some guys fall and some guys go up and it doesn't necessarily have to be a specific reason at all. If, if it is an ethics issue and, you know, they do think he's being lazy, that's one thing, but. That's yeah. not really what I saw out of his combine, so I guess we'll see. Yeah. All right, I was trying to see if there was one other question here before we jump off because we've been going for an hour and 15 already. Look at us. Um, I feel like we already talked a lot about Zion. I love Zion at any position, so yeah, that's what it is. Zion at any position on the field. <laughs> just <laughs> Zion at tight end. Let's make it happen. Yeah. I mean, yeah, maybe. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, interesting. Do you think? Uh, I think yes. I think. Uh, Steven, I'm losing you on the. Uh, I lost you a little bit there. Huh? Lost you a little bit now? there. No. Oh. How about no? But if no. you put the question on the screen, Alex and I could answer it. <laughs> okay. Uh, do you think our pick will be in Vegas on draft day since only twenty one are there? Um, I guess who's attending? Yeah, well, I don't think Trevor Penning's going, is he? I I I looked at the attendance list briefly, and I didn't see him there. Um. It was like he's not going. Yeah, it was the two. It was two QBs. I think it was Ritter and Willis are there. Um, the sure. main wide receivers. There was a couple surprises. Like, um, yeah, Ky- Kyler Gordon is the guy I mentioned in their cornerbacks. He's invited to the draft, so I think that means a lot of teams like him in like the first round. Surprisingly, huh. um, that that could be possible. Um, I don't know if our pick will be in Vegas though. To, really depends on who it is and particularly what position they go for. Well, I totally cannot read that. Let me move it over here. <laughs> uh, uh, Sauce Gardner, Hutchinson, yeah, Cross. I, I guess if it's Cross, he could be there. 
Um, Steven, I can see you more clear now, so I think you're okay. Am I good now? <laughs> I was just yeah. yeah, you're okay. Uh, oh, Matt Corral. So, oh. Yeah, the Matt Corral thing was the interesting one. Because huh. uh, okay. Ritter didn't get an invite. And, oh, okay, uh, it was Ritter. Because, yeah, I knew it was two quarterbacks, but yeah, it was Corral. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. Willis is there. Pickett's not there, right? I don't think so. No. Oh, Kyler Gordon's going to go. Yeah. That's awkward. <laughs> I think with the Andrew Booth thing, Kyler Gordon could certainly go up the board and be a first round. Yeah, that's true. Mm -hmm. Apparently, the Bills really like him. I could see that. But the Bills also are apparently taking a running back, according to a lot of people. Why? Because they don't really have one. Like, as much as I wish Zach Moss <laughs> would pan out there, yeah, uh, he just cannot stay on the field. You know, he's Justin Jackson for them. But, oh, uh, like, if they take Brees Hall, man, I think that would be not a sh huge shock for me. I mean, pretty much, I think your answer is if the Chargers take a receiver, they'll be there. If they don't, they that player probably won't be there then. Yeah. That's what I'm getting from this. All right, we've been going for an hour 17. Um, I, I want to answer Todd's super chat question, um, but we've been going for a long time. So just really quickly, the answer to trading back to 32nd and 34th, I would do that, yes. And mm -hmm. um, I think in that instance, you could take you know, Christian Watson and an Arnold Ebiketti and call it good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it's sufficient enough value and it replaces their second round pick. Not that I would be rooting for it, but I, at this point, I even would trade back and take Raymond at that point at 34 or something. Yeah. I wouldn't love it, but I'd rather take him at 34 than penning at 17 and get that 32nd pick for Ebiketti. Abraham Lucas at 34, baby. Let's rock. <laughs> you like him a lot more than a lot of people. Not that nobody dislikes him, but you like him a lot more than people like him. Yeah, I do, but also there's like a massive gap between Charles Cross and Abraham Lucas. <laughs> So, yeah <laughs> yeah if you could trade it trade it into like the 40 late 40s early 50s that's a good spot for abraham lucas in my opinion Ooh, is abraham lucas your four he is my four interesting hmm. but again okay. i think i have a first round seven on charles cross and a low second 6.6 .6 on abraham lucas okay Interesting. So. I can't wait to talk about these boards. Yep. All right. That's going to do it for us today, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, that was a lot of great questions. We'll be doing one more Q&A next week before the draft. So uh, if we didn't answer your question today, um, I see Bolt Brett asking a couple interesting third-round project questions that we can get to one day. Um, so remember your questions and ask them again next week. Otherwise, we'll be doing our next mock draft on monday night and then uh th next thursday night we'll be doing our big board episode so uh you know we're at the home stretch officially of draft season can't wait to uh cover it with my guys tyler alex and arjun and uh really excited to see what alex pulls off next week or in two weeks from now uh in the live stream so any thoughts there alex Ah, don't get your hopes up. It's a work in progress. <laughs> I'm gonna take my headphones. I'm gonna listen. Be listening to Alex in uh, while we're watching the draft. Please so don't. 
Please don't. Just have just have fun at the draft. You don't need to pay attention to what the what the monkey's doing with the machine gun over on the YouTube channel. <laughs> Fair enough. Tyler, any final thoughts, man? I uh, can't wait to listen to Monkey with Machine Gun. It sounds like a really good uh, punk rock band or whatever. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, awesome. All right, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll see you on Monday. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.